Right, ready? Yeah. Sure. So. Oh, your computer. Fine. Welcome to another episode of Who the Fuck is Delia, uncovering the plight of the creative who might not just yet be so successful that they're being done for sex trafficking. Or that they can afford a new computer that can do shit. Ah, I feel like you detracted from my sex trafficking joke. Oh, why? What's happened this week? Huh? What's happened this week? Who's been? Oh, R. Kelly. Yeah, your auntie. R. Kelly. R. Kelly. <laughs> I'll tell you you said that. No, not really. It's our mate R. He's at it again. Nice. What? He is, though, isn't he? I don't know. Have you not heard any of this? I, I don't read the news that much, especially not like... I thought you were hot on R. Kelly news. No, no, no. Definitely not. No? No, I was still listening to Ignition when he was pissing on kids. Right, it was probably about the rights and sex at the time. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't in the room with him whilst that was going on, listening <laughs> to his song. Is a, well been. Hey, R, this is a banger, this. <laughs> you just called I mean, him R. That's his name, first name, terms. <laughs> R. Um, this week it is just me, Alex, and I'm joined by a fabulous, there you go, there's that word again, our fabulous guest this week is Michelle Harris, and she doesn't know that she's a guest, but it's just the two of us this week, um, because we are super busy and couldn't sort out a guest, and I figured we did an episode with T, you know, chatting to him, seeing what he's been up to, and he's a member of the band, but we had him on as if he was a guest. Let's get to know each other a bit more. This oh, is your wonder, episode. I wonder what you were gonna do. Yeah. So we're gonna. This is this is gonna be chapter whatever episode it is. Michelle Harris, Delia. All week you've been not all week, but the past couple of days I've been like, yeah, well, you know, we'll talk about lymph and stuff like that, and you're like, no, I've got an idea. I've got an idea. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't tell me. Yeah. If it, if any of the idea was me, I would have prepped. Uh, I would. If if I'd have known you were gonna react so badly to it, I wouldn't have bothered. Yeah, well, as... So anyway, how you doing, Michelle? Thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> Prune the plants today. Yeah? Oh, um, how's that going? <laughs> gone? Done? Finished? Really good, actually, yeah. yeah. Mm. We've got a new fig plant. Oh. And apparently you've got to prune... If you yeah. keep a fig plant indoors, mm-hmm. you've got to prune the bottom of them because right. in the wild, yeah. uh, all the bottom leaves fall off because they're in shadow. In shadow. So the top ones grow really big like a tree but when yeah. you're having them as a house yeah. plant because mm-hmm. they get light underneath underneath the those those they, leaves grig, they grow too big grig. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you have to prune the bottom leaves in order for it to grow like to a tree grow like a tree yeah i don't know why you're taking the piss because as soon as that in about six months right when that is a fully grown tree you're gonna be like this looks fucking sick and it's gonna be done in the house yeah okay um when did you start singing and stuff? You know what? We were listen- <laughs> what what you're listening to was a Joe Rogan and someone come on the show and they were like, "Oh, so you're a beekeeper?" And <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, yeah no uh, one wants to hear about beekeeping." And he was like, "No, that's exactly what people want to hear about." James Hetfield from Metallica. Yeah, so I'm talking about my plan. Okay, all right. Well, just getting to know you more. You and your fig tree. You um, want, but you wanted to talk about lymph first. I did, yeah. Because I feel like it's appropriate, you know. We've it's coming this uh, this weekend, this yeah. Sunday. Yeah. And yeah, I just thought it'd be good to just like debrief the rehearsals and the process and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So for anyone who doesn't know, we 
are playing the Liverpool International Music Festival this Sunday. The 21st of July, 2019. Yep. So if you're listening to this in the on the 20th of July, 2020, you're a fucking year late. Yeah. It's our podcast work. Exactly. So, yeah, we're, we're, I've absolutely lost my train of thought now. Oh, yeah, so we're playing Lymph um, on Sunday. And last year we played it as part of the, as part of the academy. Yeah. Because they do like an academy thing every year. And this year we are playing it just as a as a normal band, having had all of the the uh, I don't know perks that you get of being part of Lymph Academy. So we are doing a wee bit of a weird set, but it could be interesting. Well, we talked about the set before on the show. Yeah, so we're doing a bit. I'm just recapping people, you know, my tune in. So we're doing a, a mashup set with. Uh, another Liverpool artist called Sub Blue, who was on the show a few weeks ago. Yeah, it was actually I, I listened back to that episode uh, a few days ago, and he's actually hilarious, <laughs> but without even wanting to be. In retrospect, yeah, in when retrospect, you're, when you're not with him, yeah, and then after you, you but take when out you're with videos. him, it's fully like you're babysitting uh, <laughs> like a twelve year old. Uh, so yeah, we're doing a bit of a mashup set with him. We do love you though, subs. Yeah, so we he's like an annoying little brother, isn't he? And it's weird because before this process, we didn't really have a relationship with subs at all. Not not at all, like enough to say hi and bye when he was doing stuff with tea in the house. Speak for yourself. Um, Me and subs were tight. You weren't. And like, we didn't even know really very much about his music. Like I knew what style of music it was, but, and I'd listened to his songs, but not in any sort of depth or, yeah. you know, because it's not the, the type of stuff that I would normally listen to day to day. But... I don't know, I feel like this process has been really good for both of us because, well, one, it's being in the rehearsal room and, like, singing stuff that he would sing has, like, allowed me to flex vocal muscles that I wouldn't normally flex. And yeah. that's been quite interesting. But also, you know, when you when you learn somebody else's songs uh, and you learn them to the point where you've got to remember them and sing them live, it's, like, a little bit... I don't know, you get to know the songs a bit better and you get you get to love the songs in different ways. And I don't know, I guess I've I've grown like a new a new love for the for the songs for his set. For the Subo set. Yeah, yeah, because he's got like there's some proper groovy stuff in there which I don't think I ever like fully got onto. Yeah. And but playing it gives you a completely different perspective. So it just sounds yeah, it 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 sounds good from a playing perspective not that it doesn't sound great from a listening perspective when you're in the audience but i just don't feel like you internalize it in in the same way and especially when you're you know you're especially when it's an artist who's kind of like on your level yeah um you don't internalize the music in the same way you kind of listen it listen to it as a peer as opposed to listening to it as a as a fan or an audience member but i guess now having like sang these songs when i go and listen to like when i go and play them live now i'll enjoy listening to them and i'll like properly get into them yeah so that's been in i don't know that's been a fun part of the process and it's been i think it's just been good like building that relationship with another local artist because i feel like especially through uni you had this like danger so tyler's just tyler is sub blue for anyone who doesn't know and tyler's just like he started lipper what like two years ago is he in second year now was he in third year? I don't know. But anyway, he started Lipper after we left. So he's probably going through this now and is feeling a little bit of it. But when you were in Lipper, it just felt like you were con- like everyone was like a constant smiling enemy. 
like everyone was lovely but behind your back they would you know it was always you were always taking the piss or you know well, whatever a lot of competition wasn't there it? was and it was good in the one respect because it, it, it did like develop you as an artist but and it developed you as a person as well to be able to tackle that kind of thing in the future but also it like it, it kind of destroyed you in other ways and I think one thing it definitely destroyed for me was the, the being able to like de- develop relationships with peers who were doing the same thing because instead of seeing them as peers I saw them just as like competition and instead of like talking to them and like being in it with them I would always just look at them and be like are they as good as me or are they better than me or yeah and that was the instant thing I'd go to yeah I know what you mean like having space and especially since like getting to know the little grace guys a bit more um I've been able to like develop a little bit more of a rapport and a relationship with a different artist. And then now being able to do this with sub blue an artist who I probably never would have done that with. Mm-hmm. It's just been really good. It's been a nice process and it'll, you know, it'd be nice to now have that kind of, um, you know, essentially extending that family that we have with little Grayson that we always talk about. Yeah. It's kind of an extension of that now. And I feel like he is part of that and yeah, he's in that world a little bit. And I like that. I like, I like the, um, oh, what's the word? Um, oh, like uh, com- com- is it camarad- camaraderie? Com- com- yeah. Yeah, I like I like the camaraderie about it. Yeah. I'll be. Watch that mic stand there. I will do. Um, you know, of sort of support. Yeah. No, I know, you, I know exactly what you mean. It's, it does open it out. I and mean, it- he's flying at the moment. He's doing great stuff. Um, but like that's, I don't know, that doesn't, uh, yeah, cut that bit. Anyway, <laughs> I'm definitely not going to do that. Um, yeah, I think it's cool to be submerged, or, or not submerged, but to be sort of sucked into another person's dynamic in the rehearsal room as well, which is cool. And sort of you, 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 when you were in Lipper or you're in uni or you're starting out in music, you would collaborate with anyone and everyone, and then you sort of find your people. And it's nice to just open that out again and remember how different people are and stuff like that yeah because i think a lot of the things that you end up doing at this level musically all grows from a place of like kind of, like kind of friendship in a way because you know you uh, you know you'll end up doing you'll end up collaborating with an artist somewhere because you're friends with them and then yeah. that leads you to do other things and other things so i guess it's nice to have that like group around you and i think i underestimated that group before this process do you know what's funny is with the drummer that so if for anyone who's but if you're if you're listening to this and you've already heard the set then you'll already know but um if you're listening to this prior to the set or you never saw it um there's gonna be two drummers on stage we think yeah (laughs) we hope and what i think is interesting or i've learned from having that other drummer in there obviously there's all the shit that you have to deal with having two drummers but something more a bit more in depth is that i think the subs is drummer um cam is straight out of uni mm-hmm. or maybe yeah i think he's just graduated this summer mm-hmm. so i think it's really interesting because he's he's very and, and again this could just be the the kind of player he is it might not be the uni thing but i just get the vibe that it is is that he likes to like keep everything a bit more stripped back and let's not let's not overdo it, mm-hmm. which you know in a lot of instances is great and that's the whole point. It's of, necessary. Yeah, yeah, like that. That's what you do in a lot of stuff. But when this when something's really cool and it sounds great, but it might be a little much, but fuck it, it just sounds great. Mm. I feel like that's something 
that gets beaten out of you in uni that you go into uni Definitely. and you're just like oh it just sounds so sick so just fuck it let's do it then you learn restraint mm-hmm. and then that restraint kind of becomes a little bit too restrained a bit too restrictive mm-hmm. and you find yourself dialing everything back and then there's no character to anything mm. you're like oh no it's cool like there's more character to it if we just sit back and it's like well there's maybe not. there's not maybe yeah. there's not because then you after you are out for a bit more you then remember why you love music and why people like music and it's because of those mad little bits yeah because because they are just fleeting moments they're not the whole song Mm -hmm. and i think it's quite interesting to see that um in the rehearsal room the dynamic dynamic of just where people are at at different points of their life or career or education or whatever i don't know and and again i might be totally wrong it might just be the fact that he's that kind of player Mm -hmm. and he'll be like that for the next 50 years but something about like experience of the past since leaving uni since going through uni and then coming out the other end tells me that it's not it's more a symptom of no let's not over, let's not you know let's not overdo it yeah and then yeah. In, in like three or four years he might be more like oh fuck, fuck it. it just do it because yeah. it sounds sick yeah yeah i mean we especially in that genre yeah and i was i was thinking about then when you said that i'm like like different people in the room at different stages in their like in their life and i thought oh god yeah because tyler's like thick of it at the minute and mm-hmm. one thing I really envy about him is that it, it, he doesn't, whenever I speak to him about it, it doesn't feel like he's, doesn't feel like he's been kind of touched by uni. Yeah, I know what you mean. Do you know what I mean? Like he has, I don't know, he always says, he's like, oh, everyone fucking hates me, but he literally doesn't care. It's as if he's going there just to finish his degree, to yeah. have a degree. Mm-hmm. And then like, that's it. He's, he move on then. Yeah. Um, And I don't know whether that was because he's kind of, he had the kind of, I don't want to say privilege, but you know, the privilege of having like a, a musical support system around him before he went into uni. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, he yeah. was already very much like developing as an artist under management and things like that before even going into university. Um, so he, I don't know, maybe he has that like stability and mindset that like, Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't need uni. I'm just here to, to do a thing and then go. And yeah, that I'm, I'm, I'm very envious of that. Mm. I'm envious of everything I've noticed on these podcasts. <laughs> I'm not. Well, we can talk about that. Can we? This is your episode, Shell. You're the guest. Well, I tried to talk about our plants and you wouldn't let me. <laughs> no, I want to talk about your creative stuff. Yeah, I guess. Because you're a, you're a singer mm-hmm. and an artist as in like you sketch and you paint. Yeah. And obviously a songwriter and a lyricist. Mm-hmm. You know, and a performer. You've acted. You've done all sorts of creative stuff. Yeah. You're one of the most creative people I've ever met. Yeah, Your I'm whole like, world is creative, even when you're just doing the fucking dishes. I know, but annoyingly, I feel like I'm a bit of a jack of all trades. Finish finish the phrase. And a, a master of none. Yeah, right, okay. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I feel like I picked up so much stuff. I mean, I guess, I guess, if I, if I pick, if I had to pick a a thing that I'm like, I want to be good at that. And yeah. that is my thing. Mm-hmm. It would be performing because that's where I just still get that. Like this, like buzz. Yeah. Not, not just buzz. It's like a completely, um, like a one-sided love. Like that could, nothing would stop me from loving that. Do you right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And no matter what happened for the rest of my life, it, I would always love that feeling of going on stage and performing. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, and and I still have love in other other places, but I just have a little bit of a harder relationship with those places. Yeah. And it's like when I was at school, like 
acted for years and years and years and that and was fully emerged in that submerged emerged emerged fully emerged okay. no immersed immersed oh, what's emerged oh came up oh well, yeah you emerge emerged. out of something okay yeah so i was fully immersed in that like lifestyle like but i then you emerged out of then it. i emerged out of it yeah like i would spend pretty much all day every day in the theater room that's cool and it was it was great and i've got like lovely memories from it and it gave me some really good skills um but yeah i guess you're you're someone who struggled with ups and downs of creative probably all aspects of creative life really um you you know you you struggle with the creative process you've struggled with the creative communities you struggled with like the the lifestyle and yeah. I think it's, you know, it's it's really interesting to hear from someone like you because you only ever hear about the good stuff or the really bad stuff, mm. you know, like the, the, the horror stories or the successes. Mm-hmm. And, but it's not, that's not reality. Like the reality is you go through dips and lulls and you go through and you've been through them in all aspects. You know, some people come to it and be like, oh, I absolutely, I absolutely hate uh, being self-employed and not knowing where the money's coming from and I hate the business side mm-hmm. or I hate technology but as soon as I write a song I'm just yeah. flowers come out of my arsehole like, and I feel shit that flowers don't come out of my arsehole when I <laughs> write a song <laughs> do you know what I mean it, it, I do feel shit about that because when people say things like that you know when you listen to like artists who you know who are massive now <laughs> yeah. and they they, they <laughs> <laughs> they get interviewed and you know they're, they're, they're... i feel shit when flowers don't come out <laughs> my arsehole yeah because you 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 do fall into this world where you look at people you idolize and and you know they they use all of these like what what seem like buzz phrases and especially when you're having like master classes in uni and everyone's saying the same thing you know i i just found my solace in songwriting and i knew that that's what i was meant to be doing and, yeah as soon and as I, I start painting a picture, the world around yeah, me disappears, and, and I all like, I see what? is the picture no, it, in front of me. No, it doesn't. Like it's it's just it's a, it's a graft. And you, to be honest, to me, all of that stuff is something that it's all stuff that I love because it occupies my brain for more than like five or ten minutes. And okay. if something has the has the willpower to do that, then it's something that I can. L- I get. I probably am using one of them buzz phrases now, but it is something I can lose myself in and lose a few hours, and I can't do that with anything else. Like you could sit in a Mac, sit at a Mac, and piss around with some technology shit. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. I'm not pissing. Oh, what you mean, like like trying to fix a Mac for two weeks? Right. That is a reference, folks, to me upgrading the hard drive in my laptop for the past four days because it feels been, like two weeks yeah well it wasn't two weeks and it was just a bit of it's just been a bit of a nightmare because of operating systems and formatting hard drives and shit all right but yeah okay i get lost in that sort of stuff yeah so point. you can get lost in that for like it's not two weeks hours and hours you could get lost in that for two weeks and i you know until i turned around and was like alex i like we need to eat then you're like oh shit yeah, yeah. and there's not very many things that do that to me at all but what like drawing and i I mean like putting a performance together Mm -hmm. are those things like i could put hours and hours into a rehearsal room and it would come out and feel like fine Um, and i could put hours into a a painting or something and, and feel fine i guess the one place that 
Well, when you said before you you you're the person who like kind of struggles with different endeavors and whatnot. And yeah. I, I don't know. Like I, I feel like the only part that I started struggling. It's weird because you don't know me before uni, mm. and like before uni, if you ask any of like my old friends from back then, I I was just like. It was, I was very sure of myself. I knew what I wanted. Like I'd, I had like a life plan. Yeah. I was sorted. Like I was confident enough to be able to be like, I can do, I can be an actor. Like, of course I can, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know whether that's just like a childhood confidence that people have. Well, I wasn't a child. I was like late, you know, like 18 to mm-hmm. whatever. Um, like super, super confident. And it was only when I left, it wasn't even probably when I got to uni, it was only when I left school and I was like, okay, I'm going to take a couple of years out because auditions hadn't gone well and things like that. But I was still very much in a fine mindset. I was like, that's my first round, like year of auditioning. I'm, I wasn't used to it. That's fine. I'm going to take a year out and try again. I'm um, still very confident about it all. And then then took up music as like a, a pastime right. in that thing and was like oh shit i've never explored this before because i've never been able to and now i really want to do it and then one thing led to another and i ended up going to uni and then uni was what like stripped me of all of that confidence and that thing yeah that pinners um (laughs) and that's what made me a little bit more unsure i think like i remember there was a year was a third year or a year after uni where i literally couldn't go into me and you couldn't go into a writing room because like almost every time it was end up in tears and i was end up walking out and be like i can't do this that's what i'm saying like i'm when i say struggle i don't mean like oh you struggle with it like you you struggle tying your laces don't you i just mean (laughs) you have like ups and downs you you have you have had struggles in different areas Mm. and all that stuff is good because it's experience and it's like I say, it's reality, and a lot of people probably have the same thing, and never, never, it never gets t- talked about mm. because you know no one wants to share that. But yeah. like you know, no one wants to be like, oh, I've I've struggled in every aspect, and I'm not because it just sounds shit. But really, that's good. It's fine. So have I. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm not someone who has flowers coming out my asshole when when, you're when you do us. things. Yeah, I get carried away with shit and just carry on doing it. Mm. But I'm not sat there and the whole world is you know yeah you've not like, like coming just off taken magic back. mushrooms and you're fucking in a different place yeah i'm just you know i'm i don't know what state i'm in but it's not that's not i don't think that's a reality f- for a lot of people mm. and i think you're just a good example of that because you're someone who like you say before uni probably that did happen at certain points mm-hmm. but as you grow and adapt and unfortunately the world sort of grinds you down a little bit here and there you you still are you still you're still a creative you're, you're living as a creative person you're still a creative person you're still doing it you're still pursuing things you're still doing new and original ideas yeah and that's cool because you only ever hear like i say you only ever hear about success or failure someone mm. who's no longer doing it or someone who's doing it on the biggest stage yeah that's the whole point of the podcast yeah well there's like um who was it was it like kate tempest or someone who you said you'd listen to an interview of theirs right was it kate tempest i have listened to an interview or two of hers maybe it was this and and she kind of broke it down in a similar way or maybe she was talking about her childhood or her past or something and she was she basically said like she always it's a similar kind of thing she always felt shit because it wasn't like the way people put it being like living and breathing like she found it really hard but she just mm-hmm. she just 
for some reason she just still had to call yeah, him to do it, was, it. I think it was the her one with James O'Brien on his unfiltered podcast. Yeah, with Joe, I think. Mm. Yeah, she she yeah she she said she struggles in interviews because she doesn't feel super interesting. I think was what that she was, was sort it, of saying, yeah. and she's like, I don't want to talk about me because I am me and I live it all the time, and it's not like I. She she basically said, I'm not so narcissistic that all I want to do is talk about my process and blah blah. It's like yeah. You know, I just do it. She just does it. Like a plumber's not doesn't want to talk about his process yes. all the time. So that really spoke to me because that I was like, that I like that because she basically just come out and been like like there's no specific process where I'm like, oh, this P- is P- this P- is Pacific. specific process where I'm like, oh, this is a religion of mine. I get up and I yeah. I get up every morning and I have a lemon tea and I make sure I write for fifteen minutes every morning. Yeah. You know, all that shit. <laughs> and it's it, she didn't she was just like i don't i don't have that and i, I there's nothing to talk about with it and, and she's I, super arty and creative yeah, and that was the first thing that i guess like spoke to me and made me be like oh maybe i'm normal but i remember in <gasps> lip in lipper we oh, had no. a what oh no what you're just scary oh uh, actually it's interesting i think you'll find <laughs> is the word um it's enthusiastic it is it's enthusiastic. enthusiasm sorry it's my it's my acting days yeah um i yeah. remember I remember there was a day in 2012, 13, mm-hmm. and there was a guy who came into our math class, and I'll remember this bastard to the day I die, <laughs> and he was like, I can't even remember who he was, I don't know what, like, what I could, now I couldn't even tell you what he worked as, right. don't know what he did, yeah, but, I but remem- he was a total bastard. He was, I remember him sat there saying um, that you need to get up at, at, you need to force yourself to get up at 7 a.m. every morning and you need to you need to write for an hour every morning mm-hmm. and if you don't do that then you're not committed enough to your art and that you won't ever become a good enough writer if you don't do that every morning and he's like so every morning I forced myself from when I, I started writing I forced myself to get up and get up with a cup of tea or a coffee just before the sun come up when nobody else was up and I would sit there and write and he made it, so, it sound so poetic and like yeah oh wow, this is how artists live. Yeah. But the whole time, all I thought about is the fact that I just like dragged myself out of my university bed that morning after mm-hmm. probably like knocking it the night before after a <laughs> night out. So people not from Liverpool knocking it means throwing up. Yeah, and 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 then, you know, dragged myself into this, into this fucking masterclass and I'm sat there <laughs> feeling like shit about myself yeah. because he's telling me that I need to get up at seven o'clock every morning yeah. and write and just write whatever comes to your mind you know <laughs> ev- every <laughs> fucking day and like that's so, such a bad thing to say to impressionable teenagers because they can feel so shit about the fact they do don't do that like yeah. your process is your process and it might not be a process at all but it's yours and you just do it how it works for yeah, you yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> what i think it's amazing right now is that you're we're like oh we're gonna talk about shell and like what where she's come from and you know and <laughs> you're just like ranting just being like this fucking bastard talk. i know i know <laughs> what about the good stuff what about so I think one thing with you that I think is quite uh, unique and I, it's probably something you can't make a career out of, but as far as being a writing partner is really useful for me, is you're, yeah, obviously you're a good singer. You're, like, you're obviously, a, you've got a great voice and you're very good at writing melodies. Um, but is your concepts for the theme or the lyrics yeah uh, for, for the theme for which the lyrics will be based around i don't know if that was right but you know what i mean mm-hmm. 
you're really that's a very obscure string to your bow yeah but that does not necessarily mean and this is no offense but that does not necessarily mean that you have the lyrics to go with that no theme. i don't i don't i, you I have the concept don't. and you you kind of the amount of times we've done a writing session where i've been like I've got some random lyrics flying around and I'm like, Shell, what's this about? And you'll say something and then I'll just turn around and look at you like <laughs> slow motion and be like, say that again. <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. This is something that I've actually thought long and hard about because... How oh, to monetize it. Yeah, <laughs> partially. But I was going to say this to you before. I was going to say like, how, what, how good does that feel? And, and everyone probably gets this, but how good is that feeling when you come up with an idea and a ball starts rolling and you start discussing an idea with someone, you start getting excited about this idea and it's the new fresh thing that you've, you've thought of. Watch that mic stand. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, like that's just the best feeling ever. Mm. And I guess that's a lot. That's why I flourished probably a lot in school because in theater, not in school, in theatre, because I would come up with lots and lots of just different ideas of things to do. Yeah. Um. And I, I, I love that process, but unfortunately, that that specific job. Yeah, it doesn't really. You, you exist. don't make money from no. that. But but maybe you do if you're if you're working in like a a, a film production company and yeah. they need pitches for new films and like, oh, what if it's like uh, Need for Speed? But uh, with Sharknado crossed, and it's a it's it's Carnado, like you know yeah, th- that job exists in that capacity. But in regards to like actually uh, just just being the person in the room who comes up with the concept for the song, who's that, facilitating that the ideas. But then, but then you know, you, that, whenever you're in a writing room, you're not just that person because you're doing the melodies. Well, that's you what, are helping with the lyrics. That's what I was going to say. I think those people who do do that, I don't think that's a specific role. I think they have to follow through with you know, the, the, the craft afterwards as well. Yeah. And, and obviously you got the voice. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I guess our, that's how our writing process goes. Like Alex will come with an idea. I'll develop the idea. We'll write the lyrics together, but it'll probably be more weighted towards you writing the lyrics because you're just more, well, one, you're cleverer and two, you're more poetic <laughs> in that way. Okay. And then, um, and then it, you'll do the production and stuff. Then it'll come to like, putting the vocals on and then performance Mm -hmm. which is weighed more on my side obviously um so it's like relatively balanced across the board but that uh i can't remember what my initial thought process about you being uh more than one utensil oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so unfortunately for me i think uh yeah you've got to you've got to be able to like follow stop You've got to follow those ideas through, um, and which I used to be very, very, very good at. And I used to, yeah. I used to be good, at, like because I used to uh, not like giving any tasks to anybody else, and I used to like to do everything and see it all through, and be very selfish about it. Kind all. of monster, are you? I know, and, and then and then over time, I learned not to do that. And then when I entered a situation where I was not the best person in the room at doing something. i.e. going to university to do music i very much handed over to people who were better than me and then for some reason i think somewhere down the line i developed that typical sagittarian trait of (laughs) like how long it'd be yeah of like coming i've got all the ideas in the world 
I can't follow them through for shit. Right. I can't finish anything. My attention span's not long enough. Right. I can, I can with like, pro like long projects and project management. Projects that have no end. Yeah, yeah, I can do that because it's just like a, a, a perpetual thing. Mm -hmm. But in terms of like a like a creative thing, it's so hard for me to push it through to the end. Like, how many times have I said I'm going to start up an art project? Yeah, I know, but you maybe you will. I don't know. But that's the thing, though. Like you write in a room with more than one person. So those other people are responsible for that. You're responsible for different parts. Yeah, I guess. One thing I wanted to ask you, which I've never really asked you about. Go on. Is, this so, would be interesting. Yeah. It's so, about everything. Yeah, well, maybe we have. Um, <clears throat> and <clears throat> something in my throat. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so, so like, yeah, well, I'll come with a musical idea. Yeah. You'll then put your melody, like a melod melodic idea. Yeah and give me some like, tips on what I've done. Then I may have some random lyrics floating around, which I kind of say, oh, I'm thinking it's this sort of concept, but I'm not really sure what to do with it. And mm. then you'll go, here's the concept, more melodies, write the lyrics together. But like you said, generally there's more my Voice lyrics. You, yeah. you would, and that, that's not to say that that's not your ideas. It's more just that you say, I don't know. So let's just go for a basic pop song premise. Uh, I love her. She doesn't love me back. Yeah. Um, you say, oh, this line should be about the feeling that you get when she looks at you or you think she's looking at you, but she's looking at someone behind you. Mm -hmm. And then I would then craft the lyric to that. Yeah. So, so your concept goes deeper. I'm not just saying that like, oh, you come up with the concept and I write all the lyrics. No. You know, it can be very, even line to line. Mm -hmm. But generally it'll be, when I say it's my lyrics, it's just the words I've put to that concept. Yeah. What's it like, and maybe this is something that's better for you because you performed uh, through being an actor where all the lines are written for you, but how how do you perform someone else's lyrics? Uh -huh. as if Almost as if they're your own because, you know, that you're the voice of the band. Yeah, I, I, I think it is an acting thing. The thing is, I, I don't know. Everyone says, oh, you know, you write your best songs from personal experience. And I'm like, well, I don't know that because I, I've never written a song from personal experience. I don't think, not not solely. So we have a song coming up that we're going to release, which is based on an experience that we've both had and that everyone kind of has. Um, I'd say you've had numerous songs based on personal experience. Would you? Yeah. Directly? Yeah. But, but it's not necessarily like a, a a massive deal like it's not necessarily like oh everyone that i ever knew died and i was the only one left it's not you know when people say that they tend to talk about hard times or amazing romances or something but what? you know everything that you write about you know you're not you, your, your lyrics aren't or our lyrics aren't big mad stories like pink floyd would write where there's characters and stuff you know there, there might be a couple of them that have taken that route but generally it's quite humble stories that have probably happened to you in your life so we've got a new single that'll be coming out that's about growing up that's yeah. personal experience okay, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. so one about our grandparents yeah and the that's effect I mean. they have on you that's personal experience yeah so the grandparents one was the one that i was saying that is like that's probably the closest one that i've yeah. got to actual personal experience but yeah. when it well, let me rephrase that i mean i've never written a song about um an, an experience personal to me. Okay. 
or you know uniquely personal uniquely personal to me this is about the time that this happened yeah exactly um so i don't know i don't know any different in that respect okay it's like i i've i've just always performed every i guess other people's words and i guess there is an element of acting in there but the thing is when i'm performing them it's not like i don't it's not like i'm acting it's not like i don't feel it you internalize i I do i do internalize those feelings and i do feel it and that's why it, it comes across the way it does yeah um but and and I, I don't I sometimes worry that if I did perform a song that was uniquely personal to me. Mm-hmm. It obviously depending on what it was about. Yeah. Um but I don't know if I could perform it. Like I don't know how far I get being able to actually perform it. Yeah. Or whether I'd just do I'd I'd hack it and it I'd just do a bad job at it. Well what's weird to me is that I know that they're not your words. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. they're my words. Yeah. <laughs> so I I first hand and watching. I am your you. vessel. To, well uh, no that's super pretentious but <laughs> but yes no yeah. <laughs> but no like what I, what I mean by that is that I'm watching you sing every time we play together you know I'm not just sometimes I'm, I'm off my own little world doing whatever uh. but I am hearing or seeing you perform my words but I don't look at them and go there's Shell singing my words mm. I your the emotional connection that you portray to the to, to the songs seems like registers seems totally authentic to me even though i am in the the most the best position to know that it's not yeah which is which is i don't know maybe you have that when you you know maybe everyone has that when they sing a song that they love do you know what i mean i mean like when people sing on karaoke and they just absolutely fucking love simply the best and yeah just and then you're just like ah, oh, just yeah you know and people or, or Someone does an emotional version of uh, does Snow that Snow Patrol song on the X Factor, yeah. And they, you know, you, I suppose, suppose you do relate to them, but I suppose it's weirder when it's original you, material yeah. that is coming out of you, yeah. And, and like I say, person. I do. I guess I do fully internalize it. I yeah. do feel it when I'm singing it. Uh-huh. I mean, I did get an A star, I you know, in for acting drama in drama. Right. So so wow. Uh, you know, so, yeah. Yeah. so I'm obviously wanting that good you. Mm, yeah, yeah, I got an A star in maths. So I'm smashing that. I can count to four, six, eight. Actually, I can count up to 12. So I don't know. I don't know what that is. I don't, I don't know. Um, there was definitely a point that I told myself I was going to start doing it. Yeah. Um, because there was a point where I looked at my performance and I was like, you're not good enough. You need to change. Yeah. And I did. And the way that I did that was by internalizing the stories so that was a conscious decision how important is that honesty with yourself um well i mean i you know to be like that was like watch yourself back or or hear something back and go be brutal with yourself and be like that's not good enough oh um because i feel like that's something that doesn't happen very often I mean, yeah, it, it, like it's shit. Obviously, yeah. if you watch it and you're like that shit, you look shit. Yeah, but it, I mean, it's good to be. It, it's good. It's good to do that. Like everyone should do that. Mm. And I guess, and like now, I can obviously look back at that moment and be like, yeah, I looked at something and I was like that shit. But obviously, at the time, I I was like probably so emotionally involved yeah. and I was like, oh my god, yeah. so bad. You know, but like, it is always just a brief moment in time. Yeah, it's never. Yeah. You know, you, you're always. I always think about that with tattoos. Is that yeah? This really hurts right now, but it's sound for. I'm gonna forget about this by next week. Yeah, 
or yeah. by next week I've it's gained like this thing that I wanted. But I guess you just learn that with growing up, right? Like yeah. you, you, you're when you're younger, everything is super hyper hyper emotional, and like you take everything to heart, yeah. and you get older and you realise that things are more grey. Is it? That? Yeah, that's true. I mean, is it more? Is it more difficult for vocalists because it's your instrument is part of your body? I've always said this, and I I, I can't explain why. But you take it more personally. It's yeah. harder to be honest with yourself. I don't know what it is, and because if I, if I, as a guitarist, if I saw something of me playing, I was like, "That ah, is dog shit." You wouldn't care. I'd be like, "No, I would care," but I'd be like, "I could be straight up honest with myself and go, oh my god, that was awful.' Mm. I need to practice more." Whereas with a vocalist, I can't physically watch it. But then, not even just that. I feel like you could you could come up with loads of excuses <laughs> as a as a kind of scapegoat for the fact of being honest with yourself that you need to change something you know you could be like oh but i must have had a sore throat or like it's you know when it's live it's different because you're running around or yeah and that i mean that's easy to do but if you want to if you but if you want to improve and you want to get better at something Mm -hmm. then it's it's only your choice to look at yourself and know that something's not good like i can i can give as many excuses to you as i want but me myself and i know that they're excuses yeah so that comes down to me saying like in my own head that comes down to me saying okay you either sort your shit out and get better at what you do mm-hmm. if you want to do it yeah. or you or you don't do it or you're not good enough anymore or you start believing your own lies but not that's what i'm saying is not everyone's like that so well no but m- me myself and i maybe me knows that it's an excuse my kind of pretends that they <laughs> that they um believe the lie and i doesn't even know what's going on maybe yeah, Maybe. but that's something that comes with being uh, reflective on stuff, I suppose. Yeah, you've got to be. If you, if you, you know, you can you can portray what you want to the outside world, but if you're, you've got to be, you've got to at least be able to sit there at the end of the day and talk to yourself and be honest with yourself. Yeah, and well, be I, like, what do you need and what do you want? I think it's, but I think it's great to see how you've grown and developed as a performer, especially through like sofa sounds, as a mm. writer, through concepts, as, just as a creative person, and just as being a uh an artist and i don't use that word lightly but you know you are you do you are an artist in all different aspects of your life and i think very genuinely so not just not just as a catchphrase for someone who does arty stuff i mean like i think you are an artist and i think that that is commendable in a sense that it's come from experience as well as talent you know, it's not just mm-hmm. like, here we go, here's the talent, look, they're a prodigy and everything's fucking amazing. It's, I know firsthand that it's come through all these different things of like you being reflective and looking at yourself, you discovering a niche, you mm. maybe going down one avenue, not fulfilling that because of your Sagittarian ways <laughs> and then <laughs> trying another avenue don't, and then don't, don't that thing it. from the first avenue actually speaks to something from the second, you know, and all these different things. And I think it's just quite, quite interesting. You know, mm. I, just, I just don't want to focus on the fact that it's always like, Debbie Downer on stuff. I know it's easy Deb- to do that when you talk about yourself, though, yeah. isn't it? But I think the Debbie Downer stuff, uh, yeah, big time. And I'm a massive fan of going on a on a downer and being like, mm. let's all just be depressed together. It's great. We're I also think a great it's a time. bit of a norm- northern thing. Definitely is. Yeah, of course it is. Like you, you know, you ask a northerner how they're doing, they're like, not bad. Yeah. Or you go like, oh, that thing that you did the other week, it was great, and you go, hey, it was all, it was all right. right. That's yeah. the you constant answer. So yeah, it's yeah, all right. Of course. But to bring us out of that, I think one of my favorite things about all the downery stuff that that is that it sounds bad but actually it's way way better 
you know, than mm. the, I, I think than having having just good things all the fucking time because you don't learn anything. Oh yeah, maybe of course. you do learn stuff. Maybe yeah, that's too much of a catch. Do, 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 yeah, there's definitely a point. There was definitely a point where I, I think every everybody probably gets to this phase. I don't really know, but definitely a point where you were like, no, you you really have to start enjoying the bad bits and not yeah. enjoying them while they happen but at least reflect on them and say that oh you know yeah you're having a really shit week but like how good is it gonna feel when it gets good yeah do you know what i mean and like just knowing that there's light somewhere and i think when you're when you're a teenager you don't really see that you're just like oh my life's so shit fuck my life yeah. or you're having the best time ever and you don't really relate the two yeah. and it's only when you get older and the down moments start to actually really affect you that you need to like find solace in them somehow and finding solace in them by saying you know you need to appreciate these times so you can appreciate the other times helps and that that all contributes to who you are now as an artist and stuff as a singer as a performer as a lyricist as a concept writer giver as a i thought you were calling me a concept i like that idea can i call myself a concept on instagram that sounds like something michelle harris concept no that sounds like something that prince would have done Oh, the Prince was a fucking G. Or these days it'd be Jaden Smith, wouldn't it? He does all that sort of stuff. Does he? Yeah. Jaden Smith concept. Or, and it, but as like an artist as well. So like you've got all these endeavours that you want to fulfil and that's exciting for the future, you know? It but is. Let's move on to our first Meg. Okay. Do you do out by Oasis? Why don't you just go on the S? Is there any chance you can sound more Ed like Sheeran. What's your plan B? Plan B. Plan B. Oh. You don't know the door. What's that going to do when he's finished with the drums? This is... What is Jack going to do, do when he's finished with the drum? <laughs> um, yeah, this is quirks of the trade or um, little grievances, annoyances, funny little things that happen to you. If you work in an industry and you might not know about these little quirks, grievances or annoyances, if you didn't work in that industry based off the fact that our friend Jack Batchelor, who's a very good drummer, has a pair, a pair of grandparents. Has a pair of grandparents. <laughs> has grandparents who would always ask his parents what is jack going to do when he's finished with the drums i'll tell you what he's going to do he'd probably be if he's not if he's um, if he if when he finishes with the drums he'll he'll be dead is yeah what i was getting at yeah anyway anything this week shell um let me think because we've been in rehearsal rooms this week with two drummers Who, yeah and i i definitely think that i can find a gripe being a vocalist <laughs> in that somewhere um well because they no, go on. Because they were—they just uh, yeah play over <laughs> yeah exactly you all this. the time. Yeah. Whenever you start trying to it's do anything, we- they just play over you. <laughs> I mean, was- can't get anything done. Are you going to stop? <laughs> Don't know. Ask the drummers. Are they going to stop? Right. Okay. I have actually got one, and Fucking it's not—it's actually nothing to do with the drummers. Although that is really annoying for some reason. It's like every moment that you're about to. They talk. just want to talk over you. They yeah. just want to play over you, but and then they just hit the snare out of nowhere. It's not that. <laughs> <laughs> here's what it is right go on so you have a band full of um what what, what how many how many boys five Sexy lads five boys right five boys and none of them want to take responsibility of organizing their own toilet breaks never mind anything else okay right so you're to be fair you know what no 
let me pull this back. Let me not come at this from an aggressive angle. Yeah, because right? you're going to come across as the thing that you're going to say, because yeah. I know what you're going to say. I am, yeah. So, you know, obviously all of these boys are very busy within their own lives, but it comes down to that thing of, um, you know, boys have, women do 70% of the free work. So boys are allowed to sit there and get good at their craft whilst women run around like headless chickens doing everything else right so it's it's essentially just that balance that really came into fruition with these rehearsals where you have five boys who are all very busy on their own things in their own lives and you know busy on things that benefit me as well so I'm not complaining too much yeah however what are you you're about oh no you're not okay um however when you're left to kind of organize that madness it it it, it's ridiculous and it's a nightmare but we did it but what annoys me is when you're kind of pushed into the position of authority then people not don't respect it because they do and people have been very thankful of having that authority there but you're like pushed into the position of having to be a bitch and I really hate that and it makes me feel like a mum and I hate that because the idea of getting old terrifies me. So coming across as a mum is just not okay at this age and at this level yeah. by by sub blue, who's essentially a fourteen year old. <laughs> you know, so and you know, when when you're when you've organized rehearsals and then just before the rehearsal everyone's like, Oh yeah, I can't do this rehearsal. Stop shouting. And you have to like pull rank a bit a little bit and be like, This is not good enough. Yeah, because you all said that you could Yeah, you know, and, and be a bit of a cow to everyone. Yeah. Like it, that is frustrating because it's you. It's, it's strange though, as a woman, you come across like a bit of a bitch. But if a guy does that, it's, they don't get as much. They it, don't get as much flack for no, it. No, they don't. That's the thing. And now my it affects my relationship with other people in the band because I've just been the person who's told you off. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So stop telling me off. Oh, what, 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 <laughs> turn off the fucking rehearsals I'm then. Joking. Hey, but, I, what, I was, I know, all, I was at every single you rehearsal. Was, you was. You was. You was. You was. I'll give the listeners one guess who wasn't. <laughs> Here's a clue. It's like... <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> See, that's, that's my gripe. And also having to send like shitty emails to people external to this project yeah, and yeah. being the person who has to take the... But that's what, that's, that's what managers are for. You're, you're having I'm to be the... I'm essentially taking that the, role, the, yeah. You're the the creative person that they is meant to be all they're meant to do is rehearse and perform and write and you're taking the role of being like we haven't got enough guest list spots for how many people are in the band can we please sort this out and when they say no you say sorry that's not good that's enough. not good enough sorted out that's not your job you know no it's not i want to be the person that everyone sees and they're like oh shell great to see you. i haven't seen you for so long and instead oh, that'll never happen i know instead i'm the i'm the person <laughs> that like you know, you walk into a rehearsal room after like five days and you know that there's still an awkward atmosphere because last time you spoke to them, they shouted at you. Um, All right. You don't, you don't have to shout at people then. But I didn't, I didn't shout, mm. but I, I, I definitely, I probably pulled rank a little bit, but right, well, n- rightly so. The thing that's annoying about it, I suppose as well, not just the female thing, but is that everyone's doing this thing as, because they love it. They're all, it's all a vocation for everyone. Mm. Um, no one's here because it's making money. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, oh, guys, turn up on time. Time is money. Mm-hmm. It So people have like a um, a bit of a block where it's like, oh, stop bringing us down. Yeah. We're having fun. We're trying to have a good time and do the thing that we love and you're being a bitch. Well, 
that that is all fine until you all get on stage and you all shit yourself. No one knows what's doing, and we all look like knobheads. No one knows what's doing. Is that what I said? Yeah, Aww. it's all good though. Don't worry about Edit it. Edit that. Um, show me. <laughs> I totally agree. Um, have you got any? Yeah, but any I'll save them for I feel like week. I feel like I've just like ranted at you for a bit, and I feel like I should ask you about your feelings. Are you okay? How no, are you feeling? We'll do a whole pod for that. Don't worry about it. Oh, you want your own podcast? What? Oh, no, big head. This I is, didn't even know this was this happening. This is my own podcast. <laughs> Let's be honest. It is. You're the you're the driving I, this force. Is my this is my 26th, fifth episode of my own podcast. It is, yeah. No, I'm joking, but also not. So uh, <laughs> let's move on to the next Meg. E, oh my God, who the fuck is Peter Guy? Who's he, lad? So this is, uh, who the fuck is Peter Guy? Our usual music review section, Smegman. Um, Peter Guy. Music we don't review. need to explain, people know. Uh, well, all right, music reviewer. We're going to, we're going to. We're gonna we're shitting on his parade. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you been listening to this week? Um, not very much. But what I have been doing is watching a lot of Stranger Things. Yeah, and therefore I'm going to recommend the Stranger Things soundtrack, yeah. the third soundtrack. We've got the vinyls for the first two, which are no, great. We have the vinyl for the first one. Do we not have the second one? No. Yeah, we do. No, but the second one is really good. I'd probably say it's better. It, better. I think it, it I we did. develops a lot more. Mm-hmm. Season three one doesn't seem to be that different though. It doesn't, but it's got some like cool little bits in there. Okay, um, that are different, especially <gasps> the moment. Oh, I'm I'm not ruining anything, but the never ending story moment for anyone who doesn't know it, I won't have ruined anything for anybody who knows it. You'll be like, oh my god! But that's that not on like, the soundtrack. It is. I've looked, and it is that actual performance of it. Oh, oh right. And yeah. So it's not the score. Mm, it is the score as well. But it's obviously got that in <laughs> as part of the soundtrack. Well, that's mad. Because yeah. soundtracks can be different, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, but that's in as, as a piece on the soundtrack. So you're listening to this mad, like, like 80s John Carpenter style yeah. thing. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. And then track two. Next minute you've got never ending story. <laughs> and then back to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, but wait, like, let's just focus on never ending story for a minute. Were you a big Never Ended Story fan? I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, if you were, in, right, only people who are like big fans of Never Ended Story will understand the heartwarming feeling that yeah. like overtook their entire body when that when that scene happened. Okay. Because it's childhood. Oh. It's like Star Wars. It's like we live in Star Wars. Nothing is like Star Wars. It, it, honestly, it is. It was. <laughs> it's so good. I'm gonna. We're gonna watch it soon. I'm gonna force you to watch it. Okay. Um. Anything else you've been listening to? No. I have been listening to Jack Shit. Ooh, this, is the, this is new. And I think this is the first time on the pod that You're I've busy. not had anything. I am very busy right now. I've been listening to a lot of my own stuff. Oh. Um, because I've been working on it, dickhead. Seems, not because... Seems hey. to be a theme with you um, at the minute. <laughs> I listened to uh, Limp Biscuit on a run the other day. And they're just amazing, aren't they? <laughs> so I recommend Limp Biscuit because they're just amazing. You're recommending Limp Biscuit. Yeah, because it's so stupid, but it's so good. It's like produced <laughs> silliness. Um, but the thing that I want to recommend more so than anything is not actually uh, anything musical. Uh, in the same way that you recommended Stranger Things Season 3 soundtrack, but also kind of semi-recommending Season 3 of Stranger Things, mm-hmm. I also want to recommend a film. I want to recommend Thunder Road. Uh, which is the um which is a film written directed and starring phil cummings i think Mm -hmm. his name is phil i'm sorry if your name's not phil but it's definitely cummings and he's definitely listening yeah because cummings is a surname that you don't forget 
Um, <laughs> I think it's Phil. It might be Paul or Peter or Phil. But um, Thunder Road is based off a short film that he made. Uh, you know, and it, it, he wrote, directed, and starred in that as well, obviously. Um, and he made this sort of short 13-minute film, which then has got him Jim Cummings. His name is Jim Cummings. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Not Phil or Peter or Paul or Poppy. It's, Same thing, right? It's Jim. Jim. Jim Cummings. Um, but yeah, so then he went on after making that uh, short film to, to then make it into a feature length. Uh, it's very indie. And uh, the, the, first, the, the first scene of, or the first 13 to 15 minutes of the film is the short film, just redone. Um, but for me, I think it's my film of the year so far. Yeah, it's a great film. It absolutely floored me. Yeah. I, it's funny, it's heartbreaking, it's cringeworthy, it's um, lighthearted, it's dark. Like, it's just this, it's just life in a film. Yeah. And it's it sucks you in from that first scene, mm-hmm. but you're laughing, but kind of you're kind of upset. There's a su- there's sucker punches here and there. There's subtle things that happen that it just, gets dark as well. It does get dark. There are subtle things that happen that that really really just make you go oh wow oh that was amazing. And then there's big things that happen that are the sucker punches that I mentioned before. Yeah, I cannot recommend it enough. And the reason why I wanted to recommend it on the podcast is because it's something that's I don't think it's in the cinema anymore because it's such a sort of small independent film that it's it was in for like two weeks in the mm-hmm. UK I think and then it's out again. So if you can find Thunder Road, just watch it. It might break your heart if you've uh, ever struggled with loss before because that's what the short film is. It's him uh, giving a speech at his mum's funeral. And that's how the film starts. So you know, there's no spoiler because that's that's the trailer the basically opening, yeah. um but it then goes on from there so it might be difficult for people who struggle with that sort of thing but i just thought it was beautiful and it was it was it, sh- it should be seen i didn't more expect people. it when when i watched it no no you don't you, and the you thing don't is, recommend it you, from the poster you've been saying to me for ages i've got thunder road i've got thunder road do you want to watch thunder road and every time you described it to me as like oh it's this cop going through some shit i was like not on board with that nah pass it up and then one night I was like fucking hell yeah alright whatever this Thunder Road is I'm so glad that we watched it and you watched the first 13 minutes with your mouth wide open without even taking your eyes off the screen or blinking and you're like hang on and then you kind of blink and you go holy shit I haven't blinked for like 13 minutes my eyes are dry as fuck because it just sucks you in highly recommend that Um, so that is season 3 of Stranger Things and the soundtrack not that it needs the promotion (laughs) no small independent band the stuff they weren't appreciating the time limp biscuit uh what's the album called chocolate starfish and hot dog flavored water yeah, that is mental i think that's what it's called yeah great album um and thunder road yeah uh, thanks for joining me this week shell yeah sound uh try can not- i eat now yeah we need to get out of here because I don't know if it's your feet or my feet but it's 100% I, yours I need like an EpiPen or something <laughs> my throat's fucking <laughs> um, but um, John Otto take it to the Matthews Bridge I don't know what that means but too much sauce ruins the fries thanks guys right it's defo not mine it's yours. It's not mine. I don't want it. It's not mine. No, I really don't want it. Honestly, it's not mine.
Holy <laughs> smokes! <laughs>